show not this sports show it is that sports show i'm your host jeremy the impact york this is impact media's weekly drive into uh the fun avenue of of all things sports i mean tonight we're gonna talk we're gonna talk nascar we're gonna talk rugby atl their season kicks off tomorrow we're going to talk a little Atlanta United. A uh, little Braves. We're going to throw a little Braves in there. And, of course, we'll start it off with the NFL and Falcons. But before all of that, I want to tell you how you can be a part of this show. Right now, here are the best ways to do so. You can email the show. 3endzone at gmail.com. That is the number 3-E-N-D-Z-O-N-E at gmail.com. I answer all those emails, so if you send an email, that will be me that replies. If you want to search for us on Facebook, you can do so by searching Impact Media. You can search for That Sports Show, or you can search for Jeremy York, and you will find us in all those places. If you don't, let us know. If you're one of those people that just like to click a link and listen to a show, you can go to our Twitter account, at Team Impact Media. Click on the appropriate link of the show you want to listen to. Listen as many times as you want. We definitely appreciate that. Also, you can follow me for show-related things and unshow-related things. Like There will be some content from tomorrow night's rugby ATL match. There will be some content from... The Atlanta Mission 5K on Saturday morning. There will probably be some content from all kinds of fun things this weekend. We are going to dig deep into some things. Uh, you can do so by following at the Impact 99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram. You can also find us anywhere you find a podcast, including Podcast One, Spotify, and the iTunes store. If there's a place you regularly find a podcast that you cannot find us, let us know. We will fix that accordingly. I mean, if I got to, I'll just send you a direct link. As I said, all kinds of things we want to dive into later on. But first, let's start with the world of the NFL. The NFL season technically, I say technically, the league year starts like March, I think. Technically, the NFL concluded their season this past Sunday with the Super Bowl. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs, who are probably still enjoying their victory in the most responsibly adult way possible. They look like they're having a good time with the parade. Uh, they defeated the Eagles. Was it 38-35? My goodness. All kinds of crazy points in that one. By now, you've heard a lot of the takeaways, so let me tell you some things that I thought, some takeaways I had. First off, 
Rihanna had a heck of a halftime show. I enjoyed it very much. She played, she played all the big hits, or as many of the big hits as she could. I thought she did really well. I enjoyed um, the level changes and the other things. I had forgotten that a lot of songs that I really liked were performed by her. Until she started singing them, and I was like, well, there's another one, there's another one, there's another one. Needless to say, all of my music playlists on my phone got updated, and now I realize how much Rihanna I actually listened to. Oh, she did fantastic. And um, I'll be honest, this is one time I will say this. I'm not real big on other people's opinion. I like my opinion on that one. Rihanna, you did a great job. And I look forward to your next performances. Uh, other than that, let's get into the game. The Eagles dominated the first half. We know that. And outside of the defensive touchdown from the Jalen Hurts fumble, uh, that game was almost a runaway, but it wasn't. And that's the difference sometimes in how much a game can turn. It was only a 10-point lead going into halftime. We understand that, but the Eagles still look strong. It's not that the Eagles were doing bad. That's the crazy part. It's just the best quarterback in the league versus the best team in the league, and the quarterback won again this time. Mahomes had a pretty solid day. He made plays when he needed to. Uh, it, you know, it just they had the right role players for whatever the situation called for. And uh, once again, Mahomes got an MVP that should have been Jalen Hurts. I understand that Jalen Hurts was the opposing quarterback and that he was on the losing side, but Jalen Hurts. That is the best game statistically, psychologically, any way possible. That is the best game he has ever played in his life. The most complete game. It is probably going to uh, get him a $40 million plus a year contract. Because it was just that good. Uh, here was the difference. You know, I told you guys I thought Philadelphia was going to win because if the pass games equal out, if the pass games equal out, then uh, it turns into the run game, and Philadelphia had the best run game. They had the better offensive line. I also said that their pass rush was going to be better. I had the right call. I had the wrong team. As I was proven wrong, as Kansas City's pass rush actually was more disruptive towards the Eagles, especially towards the end of the game, with some just different looks and varying looks and just done some uh, just just crazy uh, crazy things to shake it up. And also uh, Pacheco, who is a seventh round pick. How impressive was that young man? Jerick McKinnon added some yards. I mean, you know, just it just came down to who was going to have the ball last and that was going to be the winner, and the Chiefs made sure that it was them. But let's put this to rest. This whole, oh, the whole, how, how are you going to not call holding the whole game, and then you call it at the end? Well, holding is holding. You can call it whenever you want. It happens on every play. It really does. Did it happen earlier and didn't get called? Sure. Happened multiple times. But every player in that game even said, the game comes down to more than just one moment. There were... 
dozens of other moments that could have went one way instead of the other and would have completely changed the outcome. What if Jalen Hurts doesn't fumble and it doesn't get returned for a touchdown? What if Patrick Mahomes throws a pick six to open the second half? What if uh, Bucker misses the kick and it goes to overtime? What if he misses the kick and it gets returned? We don't know that. All kinds of things can go the opposite direction. What if the referees called every ticky-tack thing they possibly could and this game took six and a half hours to play? I don't have a problem with the way anything went. And I don't think you guys overall did either. Just sometimes people want things to complain about. And uh, now a lot of people are sad that the next football game that will be played that means anything will be in September. Maybe August. No, be in September, more than likely. Uh, but I thought it was great. Uh, me and a couple of the guys from Impact Media had a, uh, a great hangout. Uh, everything responsibly, everything great. Uh, we actually had a really good time. Throwing some fun competitions in there as well. But this game was fun. Like I said, it was just a fun game, guys. And the storyline's coming out of it. How about this? We all know that the opening game next year will be a Thursday night game and will feature the Kansas City Chiefs. The Eagles are on their schedule next year. So, will we see this rematch to open up the year? I think it's very possible. Who else could the Chiefs play that could possibly be a better matchup than that because we all know the Eagles will more than likely win that match and that in that that matchup and that just it's going to be crazy it's going to be crazy but overall I thought Super Bowl did really well a lot of the commercials were pretty fun uh Greg Olson continues to be one of the best analysts in football I'm still uh I still like you know it, as far as former players and all that you know I still like Joe Buck and Aikman I still like uh, Romo and Nance. Like I said, Greg Olson was was fantastic. Uh, I never can't. Kevin Burkhart that's with him is, those two are a great pair. Um, there's some really good announced teams out there, and we are so privileged to get to listen to them all the time. If you don't listen to them, hey, mute it. Fine, that's fine. But just know those guys are working hard, doing some great things. Uh, congratulations to the Eagles on a great season. It pains me to say that. You guys know that. I'm a Cowboys fan. It pains me to say that a little bit. But uh, also congratulations to the Chiefs on winning the big trophy, something every team should be trying to do every year. Not every team is, by the way. I would say at least half the league is trying to win the Lombardi Trophy every year, and the other half are um, trying to make it look good. It's probably one-third and two – I mean, two-thirds are trying, one-third are just enjoying the paychecks. But that's the ownership I'm talking about. These players play hard every day. But that's kind of my, my Super Bowl recap. I don't want to get too far into it. By now, you guys have heard it half a dozen times, probably 65 different times. You know, just uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, so, Here's here's some some 
here's some topics I, I kind of want to get into a little bit. Just uh, just a couple. They do have to do with quarterbacks. I uh, heard a wild rumor based off the golf tournament that Aaron Rodgers was in that uh, he walked up to the tee, and uh, some people were talking, people were talking, and he said, uh, I'm not going to San Fran. He got lined up to hit, and the announcer on the microphone said, hey, you'd look really good with a, a cowboy star on the side, and he just kind of chuckled and then hit his ball. That could be entertaining. That could be interesting. That could be a train wreck, but I don't I don't necessarily see that happening. That would have to be a wild trade in order to make that happen. Let's get into ones that actually do matter. Las Vegas has officially cut Derek Carr. They officially cut Derek Carr. So Derek Carr gets what he wants. He still owed a handful of his contract uh, that will be offset based off what he gets other places. We know the destinations that have been talked about. Uh, Jets, I, I don't see that. It's, it's not his his jam. That's not his crowd. Houston would make a little bit of sense. Practically every team in the NFC South, including the Falcons. Um, I would say, well, let me throw in my sneaky team. And this is a team not even being talked about. I don't even know that there's any any link whatsoever between this team and Derek Carr. But I'm going to draw a parallel. This is a place I think he should consider. What about the Los Angeles Rams? The Los Angeles Rams. Matt Stafford is severely dinged up. Uh, last I heard, he could have surgery that could have him out the entire year. Their best option at the moment is... A guy by the name of Baker Mayfield, who did not look half bad last year, but is Derek Carr better than Baker Mayfield? I think so. That's no that's no shot at Baker. Derek Carr is is uh, is is better. Also. Sean McVay keeps being undecided as to if he he, he keeps uh, saying he's going to continue to coach. I think he hasn't gotten the right TV offer yet. At some point, he will leave to go to TV, but it could be like Sean Payton and just come back a year later, things like that. Um, you look around at the landscape of that team. They, the offensive line is okay. It could be better. There's offensive weapons there, running back some wide receivers. And if Sean McVay could get a quarterback that he could 100% count on, a personal beggar, like a Derek Carr, wouldn't it make sense? If you're Sean McVay, you go, well, I mean, I could always uh, join up with one of these TV crews. And then you go, well, what if you could get Derek Carr? And he goes, oh, well, there's somebody I can do something with. So, yeah, I'll stick around if I get Derek Carr. I mean, that makes sense. And a lot of people say, well, why would he go from Vegas to California? Well, because Derek Carr played his college football at Fresno State. He's used to playing in California. He knows the area. I'm not a big California historian, but Fresno and L.A. are not that far away. 
He is a uh, very religious, uh, very straight-laced individual, uh, fantastic leader, and really something that the Rams should be looking for. So there's kind of my sleeper team is the Los Angeles Rams. So let me list out all the all the teams here, and I will give you probably the, the top three in my opinion. Uh, you got the Rams that I just said. You have the Houston Texans. You have the Jets. You have the entire NFC South, as I said, uh, Tampa, Carolina, Atlanta, and New Orleans. Well, I have it on pretty good authority. They could always change their mind, but I have it on pretty good authority that head coach Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot, the GM here in Atlanta, are draft and develop guys. Well, they drafted a guy. And is Desmond Ritter going to set the world on fire? We don't know. We haven't seen much of him. Is he completely atrocious and a train wreck? Um, I, I would tend to say no. He's probably going to be a middle-of-the-pack guy. He's going to be a – what if he is a Dak Prescott, a, a Kirk Cousins? What if he's one of those kind of people that, um, you know, makes some plays – here and there, but more or less keeps the game in control. Tries to keep it in between the lines, so to say. Keep it, you know, keep the car on the track. Then you build the team around his his skill set. Now, these rumors about Lamar Jackson coming to Atlanta, for one, I hope are not true. I think they're wild, they're far fetched. I don't I have seen not a lot of concrete evidence to to support that. But if it happens, it happens. I don't think so. You don't. You're, you're throwing away a couple years of Desmond Ritter, and I don't know that Lamar Jackson is the fit for this team for a lot of reasons. However, so Atlanta, I, I, I would put that in the maybe pile. Uh, the New Orleans Saints make a lot of sense. He has visited the Saints multiple times. This is Derek Carr. Uh, he would make a lot of sense. They need stability there. In recent years, they have trusted Andy Dalton, who was probably their best option. Uh, Jameis Winston, who was probably their second best option. And uh, it, it hasn't yielded them a lot of great results. Derek Carr would give them stability at that position. As since Tom left Tampa Bay, this division's pretty wide open at the moment. It seems like the Falcons are on the rise. No pun intended. Seems like Carolina's on the rise. It seems like Tampa could take another step back if they can't maintain what they have. And it looks like the Saints are kind of hit or miss. So this thing really is wide open. It's You're looking at four teams that pretty much whoever wins eight or nine wins could win the whole division. Eight or nine wins. But uh, Saints, I would put them in the in the yes pile. Carolina makes a lot of sense. He has some ties uh, to coaches. We have an owner that is not afraid to spend money if he needs to. And the Charlotte area is kind of suited for Derek Carr and kind of the way he is. And, and he's more laid back and he's not as in your face. And the media is not going to be near as bad as they were in Vegas or that they would in L.A. That's that's what kind of hurts the, the Rams argument I have. 
I don't think he's going to New York because eh, that media is crazy, and why why would he want to subject himself to that? Knowing that if the Jets are still third place in their division this year, or if they don't make the playoffs, that more than likely you're getting a new GM and a new head coach. Why would you want to join a team with both of them on the hot seat? Maybe the next guy that comes in doesn't like you. So, well, I think the Jets are out. Houston would make sense. That's also where his brother went. Would he want to try to uh, fix a lot of the the car reputation down there that, that David Carr didn't have the world's best go of it? Would he try to do his own legacy, or does he want to stay away from his brother's legacy? There's also that. You got Tampa Bay, but once again, I think they're going to take some steps back. They are running into the cap hell-related things that the Saints uh, seem to live in. But uh, in trying to pay people, and they're not winning enough ball games, Brady just stepped out. I don't see them going with Derek Carr. Um, if I had to pick a top three for Derek Carr, I think Carolina makes a lot of sense. I think New Orleans makes a lot of sense. And as much as I would like to say the Rams here, I think Houston would be number three. I'll put honorable mention as the L.A. Rams because I still like my argument. But that is kind of where I see Carr going. I, I see him. Okay, we would If he joins the NFC South, he would automatically be the top quarterback in the division. Nothing personal to Desmond Ritter. Nothing personal to whoever Tampa's trotting out. Uh, but I, I could, you know, two out of three of those choices are over here in the NFC South. I could see him move this direction. And it could force the, you know, if he if he goes to a non-Falcon team over here, then maybe that forces the Falcons to go get Lamar Jackson or somebody to try to compete. Could force their hand. But we'll see where Carr goes. Carr now gets a little bit of a head start ahead of free agency. And we will see where he ends up. As far as the Falcons, I kind of hit on a little bit there. I'm not the world's biggest Desmond Ritter fan. Uh, he seems like a good guy. He seems like um, he's going to be a uh, Dak Prescott. Seems like he's going to be a, a Kirk Cousins, a, a one of those kind. That, uh, you know, he's not going to set the world on fire. But... You know, he's not going to torch it either. So, you know, I I don't think they go get Lamar Jackson. I think they're going to develop. You have some nice weapons. You're, you're building a solid foundation from the inside out, which is what should have happened the last few times and didn't. So, we'll see what the Falcons do. I think the Falcons have a lot of other things they need to address. They need to do some things with the defense. That's why you bring in a new coordinator. And uh, it's going to be a fun season. I'm going to I'm gonna have some guests over the summer, Falcons fans. Uh, some of them you might recognize. Uh, some of them you'll be, you'll be happy to meet. So uh, we're going to talk a lot of Falcons over the summer. But that will pretty much be the... NFL coverage for the evening. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hit some NASCAR 
We're going to hit some Rugby ATL and some Atlanta United before we get out of here tonight. But first, a message from our friends at BetOnline.net. Hey, this is Jeremy the Impact York from the Impact Media family of podcasts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest ways to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on That Sports Show. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome back. Make sure to visit our friends at betonline.net where they have the wagering lines, they have the betting lines, they have the articles, they have the podcast. Um, Just an overall great place to just uh, educate yourself and and make yourself an even smarter fan than you are. You win all your debates, whether you're at a family reunion, you're stuck in an elevator, maybe you're waiting on your flight, maybe you're listening to this podcast. People want to know what this guy's saying. Go to betonline.net, make sure to tell them the Impact Media sent you. And they love to hear that. We love to hear from them that you told them that. I promise you I actually talk to these people very regularly. So, first part of the show, we talked some Super Bowl. Congratulations to Kansas City once again. Congratulations to the Eagles on a great year. You're the best team all year. You still may be the best team overall. You just came up a little short. It happens. Uh, We also talked a little Derek Carr, where he could possibly go. And also what the Falcons could do at quarterback. I just think they're going to stand pat. I don't, I don't see a reason to upset the apple cart here. You're set up with your picks and other things to do well. But on to other things. Let's talk some NASCAR. And, of course, we're talking about the Cup Series, the top level of uh, the NASCAR world. They just had the clash at the castle where they raced over at the USC Coliseum. Uh, that first off, what a great event that is. It's different. I, I probably This year will probably be one of the last years you see it over there because uh, they tried something different. It, it did okay. It, kinda, it didn't have the results I think they were necessarily looking for. But, you know... This is NASCAR trying something different, and they they did a pretty good job. I, I enjoyed it both times they've been over there. Uh, it's a little difficult to have that many cars on a smaller track like that. It's a lot like Martinsville. But I thought overall the whole weekend was was uh, – or Clash at the Coliseum, maybe. That's what it was. Not Clash at the Castle. That was a WWE event. But uh, Clash at the Coliseum. And like I said, it's different. They they tried something new. Um, I got some other ideas if NASCAR ever wants to uh, hear them, of course. But... You know, good racing weekend. It really was. And how great was it that Martin Truex ends up as the winner? He went all last year without a win, 
so many times he was so close, and he's just way too good of a driver to not have a win. And he gets his win in an exhibition that doesn't mean anything, but he get, hey, wins a win. He still will win some things for this. Uh, Austin Dillon get number two, and his new Chevy teammate, Kurt, uh, Kyle Busch, getting number three. What a great showing for Richard Childress racing there to get number two and number three. And good on the Toyotas that uh, they get a win early on because it's like this, guys. With the new designs and the new aero packages and the new spoilers, um, the Chevys have the best designs. The Fords are not far behind there. And then the Toyotas are the skunk at the garden party. Toyota's going to have to do a lot of work all year long. Uh, they've got some some of the better drivers, in my opinion, so there will be chances for them to make up for it, but there are times that there will be certain speedways that uh, we'll be lucky to get a Toyota in the in the top seven or eight, top ten. Just how it is. It's and, and Until they, they, they got to change some stuff, uh, some designs and some things they're trying to go for. Uh, it reminds me of F1 a little bit, where there are just certain manufacturers, certain teams that um, it's almost worth just lighting it on, lighting your idea on fire and starting over. But it's way too late in the process to do so currently. Now, everybody had equal opportunity with their designs. Toriel had to go back and change theirs late on, but uh, all three had to change theirs. And uh, it, it just is what it is. For others, you're just going to have to catch up. That's just how it goes. Uh, like I said, it was fun to watch Austin Dillon and Kyle Busch as new teammates instead of uh, enemies on the track. And they seem to work pretty good together. Now, this is not the world's best track to figure that out. But luckily, the one they are heading to in a few days, Daytona, is the super speedway where a two-person tandem can be a great thing. Uh, Alex Bowman and Kyle Larson with fourth and fifth to round out that particular one. Uh, they have the duels going on as we speak right now. But in Daytona, it is a super speedway. Look for two to three car tandems to pair up and try to make big runs. Look for it to be uh, two single file lines that uh, race around the track, trying to take advantage in corners when they can. Uh, super speedway though, lots of speed in the in straightaways and corners are for wrecks and moving, advancing your position. That is what to look for. And you know Daytona, they're gonna have they're gonna have some some um, we're go we're gonna have the wrecks, of course we are. But there's gonna be some different people in the series off and on throughout the week, and also in this particular race where uh, you know Alex Bowman for like the fourth time in a row got the pole. Um, Kyle Larson up there, William Byron. He's somebody who has hit my radar, and he's hit my radar because a lot of racers that I have a lot of respect for um, 
are really high on William Byron. And it's interesting, you don't hear his name a lot, but you can see the steady rise over the last few years that uh, keep your eye on William Byron this year as not a dark horse because people kind of know who he is. But look for him to really make some waves and uh, really get up in there. Um, I do know that Jimmy Johnson is going to be in this race. Um, I know that Alex Bowman and Kyle Larson will start in the front row, with Paul being out. Alex Bowman, William Byron was the third best car in qualifying. They're doing the duels as we speak. I believe Logano won the first one. We will talk about it next week, of course, when we talk about uh, the results of this race. Um, who was the other one? I know Ryan Priest. Uh, who has taken over some some uh, race spot a race spot this year? He is in the race, I believe. Ty Gibbs is uh, in there. Travis Pastrana made a run into it. See, this is where, like, I like when we have those those kinds of people in it. Pastrana, who who has raced other cars before. This is where I feel like uh, the late Ken Block would have been really cool to have in this. But, unfortunately, we'll never know if he would have done well in this. NASCAR is going to have a great event on their hands. I have some uh, really good friends that are either on their way there or already in Daytona. It's going to be a great race. This, uh, it's going to... Let's see, it is going to be... What time is that race? It is Sunday... There we go. Got the screen back up. Sunday at 2.30 on Fox. I think Sunday Sunday should be pretty clear. Maybe I'll watch this one live. I don't get to watch a lot of races live, which uh, sucks. It really does. I really got back into NASCAR last year. I enjoy watching uh, the races for a lot of different reasons. I used to watch almost every race with my mom, who's the biggest NASCAR fan that I know. Uh, you can regularly see her at certain races. If you know her, then uh, give her a give her a shout out and a hug from me. But 2:30 on Fox is the Daytona 500. Last year's winner, Austin Cindric. This is one of those races where there's a chance that uh, I call it a random driver, but a uh, not a not normal household name could win. A lot, somebody kind of out of nowhere. A mid-tier could also win. But this year, I think that one of the big dogs are going to win. I think my official picks at the moment, I think I took dual one winner, Joey Logano. And I also said, you got to go for the bull in a china shop, as some racers call him. I think he's just hyper-aggressive and uh, is not afraid to take a chance to try to win. If he knows he can take that chance, uh, Ross Chastain, I believe, I think Joey can ride the momentum from last year. He won the points last year. He was a NASCAR champion. I think he's going to parlay that into uh, a really good performance on Sunday. I, those are my two picks to win. Um, you know, let me know who your picks are. Send them in all those places that I told you about earlier. 
let me know who you think is going to win the Daytona 500. In fact, uh, hit me up on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, Instagram, any of those, at the Impact 99 and tell me who you think is going to win the Daytona 500. Now, don't wait till after the race is over or it started. Tell me before the race. Would love to see and hear what you guys are thinking. Uh, let's talk. Uh, save our brave talk for next time. Let's talk rugby ATL. They kick off their season tomorrow night at Silverback Park. Silverbacks Park, 7 p.m. I'll be there. Hope you are going to be there as well. It is the first leg of the Fire and Ice Cup as Atlanta will take on the Toronto Arrows. That is a fun little series they have put together in the last couple years. Um, I didn't get to attend last year's. It was one of the few games that I did not get to go to. But I look forward to doing this one. There are fun people that I want to talk to. That uh, you guys let me know if there's people you guys want me to interview with these interviews I do post game, shoot me those messages and all those places I just told you. Would love to hear from you guys. But tomorrow night, and I'm gonna go through the rest of the team. I know I went through some of them so far. I'm gonna go through uh, the rest of them as far as I have here. Uh, if you caught some of my preseason post game interviews, you saw me talk to fullback uh, Ruida Biddle. Bid is a uh, super awesome guy, and uh, he's going to be a lot of fun to have on this team this year. Really brings a lot of excitement, especially on the outside. And I also talked to uh, Damon Torres, who has been working on playing set the seven role here lately. And uh, he's his whole career, he has very been more offensive forward. Uh, very aggressive, and uh, he's he's been trying to take on a different role of learning more of the defensive side to round out his game. I thought he's been doing an excellent job. He's really been coming along, especially with co-captain Matt Heaton uh, out for a couple more weeks. I have the unofficial update on that, but I cannot say it on here because, once again, it's unofficial. Just know that in a couple weeks we're going to see Captain Matt back. Uh, they did announce the captains today, and it is Johan Monson, Momsen, and uh, Matt Heaton, I couldn't think of two better representatives of this squad. Congratulations to those two guys. I look forward to congratulating them tomorrow night. But uh, Damon Torres, since Matt Heaton has been out, has been taking over that seven roll a little bit. And I thought for the most part he did really well. I mean, he's going to have a couple blips here and there because he's playing so out of position for what he normally would. But... First off, they weren't that noticeable unless you knew what you were looking at, but they weren't egregious. It was, you know, it was like if your shortstop suddenly started playing third base and, uh, and you know, your shortstop's playing third base and you don't like how he, he charged at a bunt. Well, shortstops usually don't charge a bunt. So, you know, I don't have, I didn't, I didn't have a problem at all. I thought he played well. And, in fact, I talked to Captain Matt before, during, and after the game, and he said the same thing. He had a lot of praise for Damon. He said uh, they, they've been working together and uh, comparing notes on things, and that Matt has learned things from Damon. Damon is learning things from Matt. 
that's how it's supposed to work. But uh, shout out to those guys. Those interviews are up on the social medias. I think I'm going to make sure that they are on Triller and TikTok if they are not already. I will do that maybe tonight if I get a chance. If not, I will try to do that sometime this weekend, get all those up. I'll be talking to more people as well. Let's go through the rest of the game, or the rest of the team. Uh, your scrum halves, otherwise known, these are kind of like the quarterbacks. Every time the ball is at a stopping point and they are uh, on an offensive push, these are the guys that will run over there and try to be the first to grab the ball and toss it out to start uh, the, the playback going, basically. Uh, you got Ryan Reeves, who has done exceptional in the past couple of years. You have uh, Evan Conlon, who is new to the team. I look forward to meeting Evan. And we cannot forget who was one of the outstanding stars of this team last year, uh, the, the South African, Rowan Hoss. I hope I said it. I'm Rowan. I, you know I try so hard to say your name correctly. I hope I said it correctly there. But Rowan. Uh, he changed it up a little bit. He changed his hair a little bit, and he changed his facial hair up, and it took me a minute to realize I was looking at Rowan Hoss. But uh, him and Ryan are exceptional scrum halves, and I look forward to seeing what Evan can bring to this squad because I'm just I'm familiar with him. Uh, then we talk about the fly halves, and we got Duncan Van Skalvijk, who has an amazing chiropractic uh, business he has just started up. So if you're in the greater Marietta area, go check out Duncan's practice. He is a licensed chiropractor. I'll be honest, Duncan, if, if I if I live closer, I would probably come see you. Uh, he's an exceptional guy. Uh, another exceptional guy is Kurt Coleman. Both these guys, the fly halves, they are – the scrum halves, like I said, are more like quarterbacks. Well, the fly halves, they will help the scrum halves, but at the same time, they are in charge of a lot of the kicking. They will kick during plays. They will kick the extra points and the basically field goals. There's, there's any time they are kicking for points, it will more than likely be Duncan Van Skalvijk or it will be Kurt Coleman. And uh, I look forward to talking to them this year. I've already got some, some things lined up that, uh, some questions that uh, I would like to know the answer to. And that's the same thing. If there's people that you guys want me to talk to, as I said, or if there's things you guys want me to ask the team, just let me know. Hit up all the social medias, and after the game, I will do my best to get those questions in. We will be doing some fun things this year that may uh, be a part of some other shows. But uh, until I can confirm them, I will leave those where they are. Uh, let's get into the rest of the team. You got the centers this year, the center position. Uh, will Leonard, who is very sneaky and very hard to get post game. Will, I'm going to get you on the on the on the show. I promise you. Uh, then you get uh, Tay Rogatira Watokia, who. Always, always is is uh, has some uh, lightning moments on the field. Uh, George Barton, who uh, played a little bit last year, but uh, he is very good off the bench, and uh, I look forward to what he's going to do this year in a bigger role. Uh, newcomer Seth Purdy. Everything I looked up on on Seth, man, he is he's going to be a baller. He's going to be fun to have. We'll go to the wings. Wings this year, but Harley Davidson, he likes to get on his bike and ride. Man, that guy can, he can fly, and he is just super intense. He's fun. Uh, you got Austin White, who is, uh, he is, man, he is he is a fireball. He is a pit bull as well. 
uh, not afraid to get in there and mix it up. You've got newcomer Jack Shaw. He's another one that I look forward to uh, getting to know. And uh, he might have been one of our draft picks even. I have to look that up again. But uh, between him and Nolan Tuamoa Halo, Aloha, what's that? Tua Mohaloa. I think that's it. Nolan Tua Mohaloa. All the wings, consider them, they're like speedy wide receivers. When you get the ball in their hands, they want to fly down the field, especially up the sideline. But, uh, you know, guys like Harley and guys like Austin White are not afraid to go up the middle. They're not afraid of those big dudes. That is a them thing. I'm afraid of those big dudes. <laughs> I'll be honest. And then, of course, our fullbacks are the returning Martini Talapusi and uh, Ruida Biddle, who I just talked about, who we have uh, we interviewed after the preseason matchup. But there are a lot of other players. As I get to know them, I will bring them up and hopefully have them on the show. We will uh, maybe I'll try to use some of the interviews and and put them on this show at some point. But you can always tune in to at the Impact Ninety Nine on all the social medias and find those interviews. Uh, don't remember if we talked about the back half of the schedule, but we will go through it really quickly. This will all culminate and start on April 23rd, where Rugby ATL will be in New England to take on the Free Jacks. They are a uh, they are a rough matchup because they got a lot of speed, a lot of grit, and a lot of determination, and they will just keep sending wave and wave of speedy talent at you. Uh, not to be outdone on May the 6th, Chicago Rugby, the Hounds, the Chicago Hounds, the brand new team this year. By the way, I think Miami is getting a team next year. That's exciting. Chicago Rugby will be here in the ATL. I look forward to seeing the new team. There are some familiar faces on there, a couple that we've had on our show before. We will uh, hopefully talk to them there as well. The following week on May the 12th, they will be in Toronto to take on the Arrows. That is part two of the Fire and Ice Cup. On May the 20th, they will welcome in the Dallas Jackals. I don't think I've ever seen Dallas before, so I look forward to seeing them. On May the 27th, they will be in Utah to face the Warriors. That is who they faced in the preseason here. Uh, that is a quite a good squad. They've built that squad from the ground up in the last couple of years, and uh, oof. Running into them late in the season, that could be a great rematch. On June the 2nd, the New England Free Jacks are going to be here in the ATL. That'll be a good rematch after seeing them just a handful of weeks earlier. Rugby New York. Rugby New York uh, will be here on June the 10th. They are the reigning defending undisputed MLR Shield champions at the moment, and uh, some familiar faces there as well. And then the last game of the year will be at Old Glory DC on June the 18th. Uh, should be fantastic. Should be absolutely fantastic. Uh, let's go into some Atlanta United news. They have been pretty busy in the preseason. The most important thing they have done is they have gotten a chance to move some people around. Uh, Machop Chol has gotten a chance to play striker. 
Brad Guzan is is trying to, or Guzan rather, is trying to get his um, sea legs under him, so to say. I think he's doing a good job of that. Remember, guys, he hasn't played in nine months. He's trying to get back to the top level where he was. So it's totally okay if Brad Guzan gives up some preseason goals. It's totally okay. It, even when the season starts, he's going to give up some goals. Nobody's flawless, and uh, I got all the, I got all the faith in the world that he is going to do uh, some great things. So the fact that, like I said, the fact that they've given up goals here and there, fine. But Arujo's look good uh, a, a lot. Uh, Fadden, there's just a bunch of the guys that have have looked really good. And the preseason is for trying to do different things. So I, I have no problem with uh, Pineda trying some different things. I think United has a great opportunity to build on last year. And more importantly, we have at least one striker because they signed. Make sure I say his name correctly. Because he had a fantastic quote, by the way. I very much enjoyed his uh, his quote. There it is. It is Yorgos, Yorgos Giacomakis. Yorgos Giacomakis. And at his press conference, he said, I know a lot of you guys have a problem or ha are having issues saying my my surname, known as his, his last name. He said you will get plenty of practice after eat after all of the goals. Love it, absolutely love it. It will it will be fun. Now this year, don't expect him to be a Joseph Martinez type player where majority of the goals are going to be scored by him. It is going to be spread around a lot more. Instead of seeing one guy with 25 goals, you're going to see four guys with 10 goals. You're going to see those kinds of things. So, you know, don't be alarmed if Yorgos Giacomacus only has five goals going into the All-Star break or something. You know, it's, it's totally fine. It's I think it's going to be spread out. I think it's going to do some... Uh, uh, it's going to be more of a team-based attack, and to me, that is that is even better. Because if you only have one main guy scoring all of your goals, and suddenly he hits a cold streak, then you're not really scoring goals. You go from averaging three to four a game to one. It's hard to win games one to nothing. In MLS, everybody's good now. So, got to do what you got to do. Uh, I believe last time we talked about... I think we did the first half of the schedule. I think we uh, we just do the, or no, we we only did the first quarter of the schedule. All right, well then let's do the next quarter of the schedule. This will culminate and start on May the sixth. That is a Saturday at 7:30 p.m. in Miami. They will take on Miami FC. Uh, it'll be a fun matchup. We will get that. I think that is the first time we will see. Yeah, Joe Mar. First time we see Joe Mar will be in Miami. I'm sure some fun packages will be 
uh, available there. Yes, we will see him later on, and yes, he will be in Atlanta, and we will get a chance to do some fun things with that. Uh, the following Saturday on May the 13th, our Atlanta United will host uh, Charlotte. 7.30 kickoff on that one. On Wednesday, May the 17th, they will face Colorado here in the ATL. There's 7.30 kickoff for that one. On Saturday, May the 20th, they will be in Chicago. And that's 8.30 kickoff on that one. On Saturday, May the 27th, they will be in Orlando to take on Orlando FC. They're known as our rival. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. But uh, they always play tough, and they I do like that purple. It's just they're not my favorite team. Uh, on Wednesday, May the 31st, they will host New England at 7.30 p.m. for the kickoff here. They will go to LF, LAFC, rather, the uh, Fighting Will Ferrells, on Saturday, June the 3rd. That is a 10.30 kickoff on that one. That means that it will be 7.30 their time, 10.30 our time. They're on the Pacific Coast. And to round out the first half of the schedule on Saturday, June the 10th, they will host D.C. United here in the ATL. There are some fun There are some fun other matchups coming up in the second half, but in the next couple weeks we will go over that part of the schedule. As we know, the first game of the year, they will host the San Jose Earthquakes on Saturday, February the 25th. That is next Saturday, everybody. And that is a 7.30 kickoff there. I believe tickets are still available. I think that's going to be a top deck game, otherwise known as they're going to open the entire stadium. Uh, if you don't already have tickets, I'm sure atlutd.com will be a place to look for those, or Ticketmaster, uh, or any social media. They're probably giving some away because they love to pack the house. But that is going to do it for us this week. Shout out to all you amazing people who make it so much fun to come on and talk United and talk Rugby ATL and talk Falcons and NFL and Braves and, and Hawks. And we're getting all that next week. But until next week, I am Jeremy the Impact York. This has been another great edition of That Sports Show. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses. Go Rugby ATL.